Chapter 48, Failsafe. That's the second time you've tried to drink out of that cup. It's empty, Sherlock. It's still empty. You finished your coffee 10 minutes ago. You want more? I'll get it. I don't mind. You're somewhere else entirely, aren't you? You're thinking, staring at the wall as if you can make it crumble with the sheer force of your will. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you could. There's CCTV footage playing on your computer. You've got two phones in your hand. And where did this come from? It's a map of London spread across the kitchen table. It's covered over with your handwriting and red pen marks. It's got sticky notes all over it. There's a rip in the very center where the folds meet. You folded and unfolded this map many times. Did you pull it out every day, every evening, spread it out on coffee tables and worktops, across beds and dingy basement flats? It's got stains on it. Coffee? Blood. Not blood, I hope. Not yours, at least. I hope not. You went straight back to work this morning before I even got dressed. There's new boxes open on the floor for me to dodge with a coffee pot in my hand. Books, papers, file folders, three years of work, investigations, confidential records, and whatever else you've collected. Three years is a long time. It makes for a lot of boxes. You've half finished your breakfast. That's something. You're working out the plan, aren't you? Feeling out every possibility, every way this could end. There's no point to it, Sherlock. There's only one way, you know that. I need to walk in front of him. If I'm the bait, you need to dangle me in front of his nose and get him to bite. Not in one of your secure places, not in a tightly controlled way. I need to leave the safe house, the compound you and your brother have built. You need to make him come out and try to shoot me. I'll take my chances. But you're thinking 24 steps ahead, aren't you? It's never anything so simple. You're planning the end game. And here's me only thinking about coffee. Well, not only about that. Also the way your skin feels against my hands. I can't stop thinking about that. And the sounds you make in the dark in my ear. And your lips. God, did that really happen? It seems inconceivable, really. But it did. It did. You close your eyes and lean back in your chair. Your hair is still damp. I want to lean over and kiss your neck, just under your ear. I want to take your hand, knit my fingers with yours. I want to kiss the inside of your wrist. I want to pull you back into bed in the daylight and kiss you and taste the sweetness of the coffee on your lips. I want to tell you how much I've missed you. But I won't. Not now. It would distract you and you wouldn't appreciate it. The first time I kissed you, I think you expected me to. Will you expect me to again? Will I recognize it? There's a time for everything. I know. Now is the time for breakfast, coffee, the paper, CCTV footage, and thinking. You want a plan. You want to stay 24 steps ahead. It's all strategy and plotting an elaborate game of chess. I know. Your fingers are twitching slightly. You're playing out a scenario in your head. How does it end, Sherlock? Do I live? I hope so. You'll find a way. I know you will. It's all right, I'll refill your cup. Black, two sugars. I know, I'll pour. Thank you. Your eyes are open now, you're studying me. I pour your coffee, I put the pot down, add the sugar, two sugars for you. I know, of course I do. My hands move with the reassuring memory of long practice motion. I never dreamed I'd have this back again, this odd life, this strange intimacy with you. But you've returned. And so have I, along with all of my muscle memories and devotion. Everything's changed, and nothing has. 
Coffee. Two sugars. You're still watching me. What are you thinking about Sherlock? Last night. I'm still thinking about it, too. I won't be able to stop, not today. I dip the spoon into your cup and stir. The light tapping of the metal against the china reminds me of so many other mornings here with you. I only remember the ones with you. Every other morning is faded as though it barely registered with me. Three years of mornings vanish overnight into watery gray because of you. There's only you now. You smile at me. That seems like an invitation. Kiss me. I will. I always will. Until you want me to stop, Sherlock, you have no idea. I love you. And at some point, I'll have to tell you that. But not today. Not yet. There's work to do. I smile back at you. I sit down. Pour my own cup of coffee. Why not? Add a bit of milk and watch it go from black to warm brown. I pick up the paper. This is what I do. I make love to you. I make you breakfast. I pour you a second cup of coffee. I stand in the street and wait to be shot at for you. That's how I want it to be. That's perfect. Hold on. Is this... <laughs> What's this doing here? In this box of yours full of papers and jars and God knows what else, there's a book. Well, more than one, but I recognize that dust jacket. This is my book. You've got my book. You bought my book. Or someone did. Someone gave it to you, maybe. It's about you, after all. Maybe Mycroft bought you a copy. Did you read it? God, I fantasized about you reading it. The fantasy version of you. The pliant, easy, naked version that lived in my bed. Curled up with my book. That version of you always loved it. Did you read it? I wonder. Maybe you just happened to have a copy of it. It hasn't been out that long. Maybe you haven't gotten around to reading it yet. I fold up the paper and put it on the table and reach into the box. The dust jacket is a bit battered, but that could be from travel. From being kept in a box with file folders and jars of hair and sand. That doesn't mean you actually read it. You've got your eyes closed again. Your fingers are steepled under your nose. Your coffee is steaming. This is my book you've got, Sherlock. Did you read it? I'm nervous about this. You were dead. It didn't occur to me that you'd ever be able to read it. I romanticized you a little. Of course I did. You're the hero of the story. <laughs> Shit. Wait, this is one of the copies I signed. I signed this. How do you have a signed copy? Did you put on a disguise and bring this book to me? God, were you standing across a table from me and I didn't recognize you? It's just my signature. If you'd been in front of me, I would have asked your name. I would have said, how do you spell your name? And I would have looked up at you, all friendly and harmless. And I would have seen your eyes and known that it was you. No, you couldn't have done that. That's impossible. It's only my signature, nothing else. No, to Joe or to George or to Amelia, like every other copy I sign. It must be one of the copies from the launch party. There it is, my tired and sloppy signature. Right there under, with love, for S. You would have known I meant for Sherlock the moment you saw that, wouldn't you? Of course you'd know. With love. I've already told you then. It's right there. Did you see it? Did you look? Oh, yes, you looked. You definitely did. Good God. 
The margins are full. There's bits underlined and notes stuck between the pages. God, the whole thing! Paragraph circles, arrows all over the place. It's your handwriting. You certainly read it from cover to cover, it seems. And annotated it. Were you finding mistakes? Correcting me as you went along? <laughs> of course you did. Oh, of course. The car was blue, not red. Is this a deliberate misrepresentation? I don't know why you spend any time at all writing about the unsolved cases, John. There's little to be learned there. Why would anyone want to know about them? But I suppose you know better. People love your stories. <laughs> Admittedly, this is quite entertaining. Even Mycroft likes it. Most of the MI5 has read it, you know. Maybe you can teach them something. His name was Frank. Are you trying to protect his identity? He's dead, John. It hardly matters now. Besides, he was innocent. I hadn't realized you'd spent quite so much time looking at my hands. Are they really interesting enough for an entire paragraph? <laughs> Wrong, but very flattering. Every page, every blessed page, it must have taken you hours. You got my book, a signed copy no less, and you talked back to me on every single page of it. <laughs> Is this what you were doing while you were watching me in coffee shops, reading my book and writing all over it? I'm glad you noticed this. It was a critical bit of evidence. I think you've missed a word here. Are my eyelashes this worthy of notice? You've mentioned them six times so far. Do I have remarkable eyelashes? I hadn't noticed. Thank you, John, but it wasn't that much of a leap, really. It was obvious from the scuff marks on his shoes. Really? Is that impressive? I thought it was common knowledge. <laughs> it's as if you're still looking over my shoulder, commenting on everything. Like you always did. You missed that too, didn't you? I certainly did. Writing that story was the closest I could come to you without losing my mind. I wrote it for you, Sherlock. I wrote it because everyone had settled on this idea that you were a fraud and I knew that you weren't. So I wrote about you as you were, as I knew you, so people would understand you the way I did. It wasn't meant to be flattery. You weren't around for me to flatter anyway. It was only everything that was true. It's a love story, Sherlock. It's a love letter to you. I would have kept writing them for the rest of my life, you know. I suppose I'll keep on writing them. If you don't mind. If you don't mind. There were some surprising errors in that account. You sip your coffee. You eye the book in my hands. You look a bit perturbed. Was I not meant to find this? I fictionalized it. I changed the names. I changed the circumstances. I didn't want to get sued. But the core of it is still there. You're there. I can't believe you read it. Of course I read it. You always did read everything I wrote. Neither of us have really changed at all, have we? We're perpetually inclined toward each other now. We've each built ourselves with a space carved out for the other to slide into. When we're alone, the wind whistles through us, but the space doesn't close in. That's just how we are. Both of us. Not just me. That's true, isn't it? God, Sherlock, I've missed you too. Did you like it? A loaded question. You don't particularly like fiction at the best of times, but this is different, isn't it? It's not strictly fiction, and it's about you. You raise your eyebrows at me. Liking something is never the point, is it? It's either right or it's wrong. It's true or it's not. You write up experiments, facts. I write about your eyelashes, apparently. And the reality of being in the room with you. What it feels like when you push the desperate facts together and make music out of them. 
I wrote what I saw Sherlock, what I felt, what I knew. It's true, as anything else. It's more true even than if the car was blue rather than red. Did you like it, Sherlock? I wrote it for you, really. It's for you. I did. You did? You smile at me. You know. You understand. It's a love letter. Kiss me. I will. I will, Sherlock. Will you write more of them? Yes, if you don't mind. Good. Is it? You keep surprising me. There will be more love letters, then. Strangely fictionalized and dedicated to you. All right. That's what I'll do, then. I have a contract. I should show you my outlines. You'll laugh. You will. I won't mind. You sigh and put your coffee cup down on the table. It spills a little, but you don't notice. Or care. Probably the latter. Idiot! What? Me? Am I? I suppose I am. I've come to terms with that. What did I do now? He keeps looking for you in the wrong places. Oh, Moran. Well, he's not you, Sherlock. He's not even Moriarty. He isn't a genius. He's a cornered cat. He has no idea where to look. He's ordinary. Like me. You need to think like me for a change. Not easy for you, I realize. We'll have to show him where to look, then. You wouldn't think it would be that difficult a task. What with all the phones scattered across the sitting room in constant communication with him. He texts you. Just text him back. Can't you just have one of those identities tell him where I am? Too dangerous. Dangerous? It seems like the least dangerous option. Why dangerous? You sigh again and pick up your cup. There's a half ring on the table because of it. You're still tired, aren't you? Your sleep debt is too great for our little lion to blot out. We'll need to have more of those then. I don't object to that. I like the feeling of your even breathing against me. If he guesses that I want him to know that you're here, we'll lose our advantage. We have an advantage. You make a face and stretch out your legs. Your steepled fingers in front of you. What's our advantage? You want him to think that you're hiding me, protecting me, even though that's exactly what you're doing. You're protecting me, but you want him to find me all the same. <laughs> of course your plan is complicated. What's our advantage? Sherlock! That's Mrs. Hudson. She's calling you from downstairs. I can hear the door of her flat closing behind her. What is it? We're only having breakfast. It's late, I suppose. John! Her voice echoes a little in the stairwell. She's coming up. Good morning, Mrs. Hudson! You call out to her, and then you settle back into your chair and press the cup to your lips. She'll be here in a moment. She wouldn't have heard anything in the night, would she? Not two stories up, surely not. And we weren't that loud, were we? Well, you weren't. Not shouting, not screaming. Just your voice in my ear. Intimate. Wasn't it? What do I say? What if she asks God? Well, she always assumed we were a couple. Maybe she won't be surprised. It was late. Surely she was asleep. I hope she doesn't ask. No sly winks or comments, please. Let's hope not. Best to be polite. She opens the door. There's a small box in her hands. Your eyes are closed again. You don't turn toward her. You're back to wandering through the endgame. John, would you mind? You wave your hand toward the door. Mind what? You open your eyes and look at me. The package. You know about the package in her hands without looking. Of course you do. I'll be the polite one, as usual. That's what I do. I handle other people. You do all the thinking. 
I stand and move toward the door, brush my hand over your shoulder as I do. I, I didn't mean to do that. It's a new instinct. It means, yes, of course, I'll handle it. But I think I just wanted to touch you. Hardly appropriate in front of company. Too soon, I'm sure. Too soon. You don't seem to mind. Good morning, Mrs. Hudson. I say and move toward her. I smile. She smiles back. She looks nervous. I only just found it. She gestures at the box. It was sitting by the back door. She's holding it like it might break, burst into flames, or explode. It's a small box, barely six inches long. Someone wrote your name across it. Moran. Maybe he knows Sherlock. He might know you're here. He might not be the idiot you think he is. I take it from her carefully. It's light, and something inside it slides along the bottom of the box. What is it? Thank you, I tell her. She smiles at me. She's nervous. So am I. Shall I open it, Sherlock? Is it dangerous? Your back is to me. You don't seem concerned. You know about it, don't you? You know what it is. You've been expecting it, so I open it. The top slides off. It's a phone. Another bloody phone. It's a phone, I tell you. Pointlessly, I'm sure. Yes. You hold your hand out flat at your shoulder. You want me to give it to you. All right. Another arrest. The man who tried to kill Mary, perhaps. I take it out and put it in your hand. Your fingers rub against mine for a second. That was deliberate. I know it was. Another phone. Mrs. Hudson crosses her arms in front of her. How many does he need? I smile at her and shake my head. There's no good answer for that, is there? It's a rhetorical question anyway. We both know we'll never completely understand the ways of the Holmes brothers. I need to change the subject. Is the new boiler all right, Mrs. Hudson? Hmm. She looks confused. It was a bit chilly upstairs this morning, that's all. It was, wasn't it? Maybe I forgot to turn the radiator on. Oh, I'll have a look at it. It's fine, I think. Better than the old one, at least, once all those explosives came out. Wait, what? Explosives? There were... What? Yes, the old one was absolutely stuffed with them. Didn't Sherlock tell you? I'd been wondering about why it was behaving so sluggishly. They'd been there for years, you know. Three years I spent with an extra shawl around my shoulders in the kitchen, all because of some silly explosives. Sherlock came back and they took the boiler out. It took ages. There were... Explosives in the boiler, Sherlock, what's going on? You're reading texts on the phone. You're barely paying attention. Moriarty's failsafe, you say to the screen. He rigged the house to explode if he triggered it. Moriarty did. Why? To threaten you. You said he threatened me. I didn't stay here after you died. I couldn't. It was unbearable. But he wouldn't have known that. He died before I left. He didn't know me. He died, not you. He rigged up the house to explode. What, on a long-distance trigger? He could detonate Baker Street whenever he felt like it. Did he leave the trigger with someone else? The secret threat, in case you didn't die as he expected you to? A failsafe. Insurance. Moran. Jesus, Sherlock. Moran could detonate Baker Street at any moment. It's gone now. They took the boiler out. Two months ago, I saw it. There was no boiler. They took it out very oddly. There were scorch marks on the walls. <laughs> Explosives. Jesus Christ. Sherlock. Relocated. You point at the window with the phone. 
A relocated bomb. Why relocated? You want him to detonate it, like the ones around Mary's flat. The trigger is traceable. Where is it then? It must be close by. The van. Oh, Christ, the white van. It's been parked outside since the moment I arrived. Sherlock, did you relocate a bomb into a van outside the flat? There's a perimeter. You didn't want me to linger outside the door. No wonder it's been so quiet on the street. Mycroft must be keeping the traffic away. Moran might detonate it at any moment. Is that what we've been waiting for? You keep looking out the window. You keep pacing and staring down at the street. You've been waiting for the van to explode. We reduced its capacity as much as possible, of course. Originally, it would have taken out the whole street. So that's it. Once he knows I'm here, he'll try to detonate Baker Street. He'll use the failsafe to force you out into the open. He doesn't realize that you know about it or that you're here with me. Is that it? There were still two of you in the world back then, the dark and the light side, dancing together as you were. It's an ancient failsafe, then, a place to keep you in line. A last threat if every other one fails. Moriarty did this. He could come and go into this flat if he wanted to. We knew that. Did he tell you it was there to threaten you, to threaten me, Mrs. Hudson, to threaten your home and everything you care about? Or did you only guess it was here later on? You kept it secret. It's your failsafe now, isn't it? I'll check the radiators upstairs. Do you need anything else, John? Mrs. Hudson sounds motherly and concerned. I could nip out to the shops for you, if you'd like. I'm fine, I tell her. No, thank you. I'm fine. She pats my arm. She thought I knew all this, didn't she? You didn't tell me. I think you might have tried to in your way. You don't look up. You're still investigating the phone. Sherlock, what happens when the van explodes? Tell me. I want to hear you say it. Let me know if you need anything at all. Smile. Be polite. Thank you, Mrs. Hudson, for your patience. There was a bomb in your house, and you're still offering to buy us tea and biscuits. There's a reason Sherlock loves you, you know. It's your infinite patience, your utter inability to be shocked by anything. Explosives in the boiler. Well, that would explain the unorthodox removal. She closes the door behind her. It's just you and me again. I think I understand. You don't want him to shoot me. You're trying to protect me. You want him to detonate his failsafe. You sent me out to the wrong Tesco. You made me pause in front of the cameras. He needs to guess that I'm here, that I came back here. I came home, finally. Moran doesn't need to shoot me from a dark window. You don't need me to bleed on the street. He can obliterate me with a phone call. Maybe just a text. Who knows? Or at least he thinks he can. And that's what you want him to do. But the boiler won't explode. It won't kill me. It'll make the van rattle. We'll hear it. And it will pinpoint his location. That's it, isn't it? That's why you're taunting him. If he knows I've moved back to 221B, he'll detonate the failsafe and reveal himself by accident. He's the last, and you'll find him, without leaving the flat at all. It's brilliant, Sherlock. It's brilliant. He needs to follow me home. I need to go somewhere, and he needs to find me and follow me back to Baker Street. He needs to know I'm here. You want him to feel powerful. He has a secret. He needs to try to use it against you. I understand. All the things he thinks are your weaknesses, are your strengths. The Criterion. 
It's in the open. It's surely outside your safety perimeter. It has to be. You sent me to Tesco and he didn't see me. The criterion is better. I used to go there. With you. Maybe he'd watch for me there. It's near Bart's. There's a big picture window. There's CCTV cameras everywhere. I'll call Stamford. I'll meet him for a drink. It wouldn't look suspicious. As far as he knows, I still think you're dead. I can meet an old friend for a drink. I've done it before. I should, in fact. It will work. You look up at me. There's a mixture of surprise, fear, and admiration on your face. Is that for me? I think so. I think it is. It's dangerous, I know. But that's what I'm here for. I can do this. Let him find me, Sherlock. It will need a retrofit. That's not a no. It's not a quick dismissal of an idiot's idea. You're considering it. You stand up. You pick up another phone. Mycroft and all the arms of government he controls can handle that, surely. For once, it's me coming up with a plan. That's unexpected, isn't it? Moran is like me. You have to think like me to end it. We're a good team, Sherlock. No matter what happens. It'll be worth it. No matter what. I'll call Stemford. We'll finish this. <laughs>